like Salesforce, there are businesses that are doing the right thing. Aloha! No, no. Aloha! Salesforce has transformed the way businesses do business. The reality is nothing is more important to me than the success of our customers. One of the most admired companies in the world. That is why we're here as Trailblazers, because we are here to make the world better. The doors are open here for everybody. We just need to go through them. This episode features an interview with Sarah Patterson, CMO at Samsara. On this episode, Sarah discusses the valuable lessons she's learned during her 12 years inside the Ohana. You'll hear insights from some of her biggest challenges and proudest achievements at Salesforce, from creating SMB videos on her own to building the service cloud brand and team. Plus, how these experiences set Sarah up for her current role, where she helped take an IPO valued at $12 billion public. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Inside the Ohana is brought to you by Qualified. Qualified is the pipeline generation platform for revenue teams that use Salesforce. Intelligently grow your pipeline by understanding signals of buying intent and having real-time conversations. Learn more over on qualified.com. So please enjoy this interview between Sarah Patterson and your host, Dan Darcy. Welcome to Inside the Ohana. I'm Dan Darcy, Chief Customer Officer at Qualified. And today I'm joined by the one and only Sarah Patterson. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm great, Dan. I get to spend this time with you. I want to dive right (laughs) into our first segment called Ohana Origins. Origin story begins. This is my origin story. This is an origin story. So thinking back, bring me back into the Wayback Machine going back to 2008. Tell me how you discovered Salesforce. I discovered Salesforce in 2007. I'm going to go back even further. Okay. I was in graduate school. I was getting my MBA and went to a job fair that we had on campus and was talking to all these different companies and went up to this smaller booth and started talking to this gentleman there named Scott Holden, who'd gone to the same business school I went to and started learning about Salesforce and the CRM that they had built. I I love that story because it feels like all roads lead back to Scott Holden. So I just (laughs) love calling him out all the time. But so give me the details though. What was your first job at Salesforce? Who was your team, the size of the company at the time, your initial impression like on the inside? Give our viewers and listeners a kind of a sneak peek into where Salesforce was back in 2000, 2008? My first job, I actually was coming in and I was taking over doing SMB product marketing, taking over from Scott Holden, who was moving into another job. So right there, all roads lead right back to Scott. So I took over and I built out our first microsite for our small and mid-sized business customers, worked on the customer references and created all these different videos for that as well. But I also have to say the interesting piece was Al was my boss for September through December. And then I was switched to Sean Whiteley. So I very quickly within three months had my second boss at the company. For everyone out there, obviously, Sean Whiteley is the co-founder of Qualified. So obviously, you have a very long history with him. I remember him telling me a story about you where he gave you a challenge to create 25 SMB videos and you really absolutely crushed it at that time. I mean, anything else you want to share about that? I think his challenge was go solve the problem of basically our AEs spending a lot of time answering the same questions. There's got to be a more efficient way, right? For our customers, as well as for our business. 
And so that was where I started doing this digging around and brainstorming and seeing what, you know, was out there in the world. We were saying, hey, maybe we go and try creating some short video tutorials, right, to help our customers be able to self-serve. Because in talking to customers, too, they didn't want to have to wait to talk to a salesperson to get their question answered. They wanted to know in the moment. They wanted a quick answer. And so, yes, I surveyed our salespeople. I got the list of the top questions that they were answering. And then I went and I scoped out and mapped out the fastest way to do all of those tasks in Salesforce, everything from creating a custom object to creating a new contact, creating an account. How do you set up, right, and start to measure your pipeline as a salesperson? And I wrote out the scripts to show people how to do this. And then I bought my own microphone and I bought my own video editing software. And the project took me a little while. Like, I'm not going to lie. That was a very arduous project to enter into on my own. But the result was for almost, I don't even know how long, five to eight years, those videos were sitting out there. I think Salesforce even changed the UI and the videos were still out there because they were getting so much play from our customers. But that was that video project. I think that earned me a lot of credibility in the marketing org of, wow, she learned the tool. She knew what it was doing as a product marketer, and she knew how to clearly explain the value to our customers as she was showing them how to use the product. Look, I mean, you've had an incredible run at Salesforce. You were there for 14 years, and I really want you to brag here just for a little bit because you've been helping with launch products like you were just talking about with SMB, products like Chatter, Work.com, and the Vaccine Cloud, which is more recently. But for a very long time, you really helped build the service cloud into the largest product line and what it is today. So, I mean, what is the biggest success you've had and, and what are you most proud of at Salesforce? So I would go back to building the service cloud team, the service cloud as a brand at Salesforce, that is one of my biggest successes in my career. And and I often tell people too, right, that when you think about your career journey, and I, I truly believe this, there are some projects, there are some things you're going to remember, but more often than not, you're going to remember the impact you had on people. And I feel like I was really able to, as a leader, help people to develop their best marketing skills, to be able to be a part of a team that was solving some really tough challenges and went through some really hard times, but got to the other side of it and help those individuals to grow their careers and have a big impact on the people's lives. So, you know, when I think back on my career, I love the fact that I went into the service cloud world and to take you back in time, when I was approached about taking on this job, Alex Bard approached me and my manager, Fergus Griffin at the time, approached me about it. And the product line wasn't doing well. It had missed some internal targets that had been set for it. And the company was really looking for someone to come in and do a, a turnaround situation for it, like really infuse some life and some excitement back into this product line and make it successful. So I was looking around going, and as a leader going into any new type of situation, you should ask, what are the resources that are going to be there to set me up for success? And I had a team of three product marketers and me, and I had half of a contractor to help with campaigns, right? So 50% of a contractor's time to help on campaigns. It was not a situation where I thought it was really set up for success. <laughs> and that was a big discussion that I had with them at the time of, okay, this is going to take a lot of work. Is this, is everybody going to be behind me? Is everybody going to give me the time to make the turnaround happen and invest in the product line? 
And, and they did, right? To their credit, Salesforce said, yes, we understand. We need to invest in this. We will be behind you. We will make those investments. Coming in, Alex and I partnered. We basically looked at how do we fix the relationship with sales? There was no relationship where the teams were talking together and marketing and sales need to be joined at the hip in order to make your pipeline number and make sure that pipeline is going to actually close. You're driving in the right types of deals to hit your ACV goals. So I fixed the relationship with sales. We repositioned the product into a broader platform play and really talked about the success we had in the world of customer service, but leading off of our competitive differentiation of being a platform and already having the sales cloud data at your fingertips and then brought new life into the product line. And a lot of this, you know, a true partnership with the product management team, with Larry Robinson, who is leading product there and was absolutely incredible, with Alex Bard as the GM, and bringing in some very forward-looking products like SOS, where you could do a FaceTime call, basically, but allow the person who was providing you help to see into the apps on your phone and be able to help you with them. So through that, we were able to really reignite and get the momentum going behind this new product line that the company had and continue that momentum to help it become one of the largest product lines Salesforce has had. So just to replay back what I heard was with Service Cloud, it was the relationships you created with sales to really make sure that the marketing and sales were in check with the messaging and, and how things were being positioned in the market. Your relationship with product management and understanding where the latest innovations were coming. And then, of course, product innovation such as like the SOS really coming through. Yes, really showing customers you're going to be there in the future, right? That's what they want to know. Are you going to be the partner that's going to help us get to the future? And Service Cloud is helping bring them into the future. And because of that innovation, you should come with the Service Cloud. Exactly. That's great. So Sarah, on the opposite side of the spectrum, what would you say your biggest lesson learned at Salesforce is? One of the biggest ones I would say is, as I look back on myself as a leader, being authentic and being vulnerable. And Brene Brown actually is someone that at Salesforce, the company had her come and talk to different individuals, talk to the entire company at a kickoff one year. And the biggest lesson I learned from her is that vulnerability and that authenticity draws people closer. And that's true courage, right? And early in my career, I strove for perfection all the time. I put this very high bar out there for myself of everything I needed to do. I wanted to absolutely crush it. But that's not always going to bring you your best work. And that's not always going to help your team really feel like they can also achieve what you are trying to do. And I learned through my time at Salesforce that when I was my most vulnerable, that was when people really were able to say, oh, Sarah's fallible too. She doesn't have all the answers. I'm going to bring even better ideas because she's owning and admitting, right, that everybody here needs to contribute. And it created a safe space for people to be able to talk about when they were struggling, which as a leader, you've got to be able to be there for your team and help when things aren't going well. That's one of the most valuable things a leader can do. And it also just, it helped everybody to bring their best self and really create this sense of everybody banding together. So if I could go back and give myself some advice, and if I could take a look at what I would want to change about my career, it's to own that vulnerability earlier. 
that there is nothing wrong with that. And that actually helps you to become a better leader faster and helps other people to bring their best work to work and their best selves to work. I heard so much there. I mean, bring your authentic you know, self to work, be vulnerable and courageous. Also done is better than perfect. And my <laughs> yes. favorite was launch, launch and relaunch or launch and iterate. All of those things were great lessons coming from Salesforce. And this is a great transition into obviously this, the title of this podcast is Inside the Ohana. And everyone talks about the Ohana and they all describe it differently. But I'm curious, how would you describe what Ohana means to you? Ohana is the fact that people are coming together to help each other, that they are. And back to what I was just talking about, of being authentic, being vulnerable, people are joining together to solve problems and creating a safe space to do that and really rallying behind each other to get through those hard times and then celebrating the wins, right? Coming together to say, let's celebrate your successes. Even if it wasn't, it didn't turn out how you thought it would at the beginning, let's all rally together and celebrate what came out of that that is really great, that was a good learning experience. And that's what the Ohana piece meant to me because growing a business, any business, and everybody in business knows this, you're going to hit those hard times, right? You look at a company from the outside and you can think, oh, wow, they've never hit a hard time. They never hit a road bump. But that's not the truth. You're going to hit those hard times and road bumps. And people's true selves come out in those moments. Ohana to me meant when we hit those hard times and those road bumps, we rallied together. It wasn't a blame game. It was a, we've got a problem. Let's dig down and figure out how we're going to solve it and fix it together. Before we get into our next segment, are there any special stories or Ohana moments that's a little behind the scenes that you want to share? <laughs> there are, that's a great question. There are so many, but given we just saw a Super Bowl and we just saw another Salesforce ad in the Super Bowl, I was having these flashbacks and talking about it with some folks to Salesforce's first Super Bowl commercial. And people may not realize it, but way back in the day, Salesforce did another Super Bowl commercial for the launch of a product called Chatter.com. And this was a freemium version of the company's business networking tool that allowed people to collaborate on documents and share files. And the company invested and worked with the Black Eyed Peas, who were that year's uh, halftime show, to create a commercial, two-part commercial that bookended the Super Bowl show. And Will I Am wrote, right, the chatter jingle and song. And the company worked on that. And I remember we were looking at that going, oh my gosh, we're going to you know, have so much traffic coming into our website. It's going to break the website. What if that happens, right? What if that was the experience that potential customers had? And so we went and set up all of these different war rooms. I remember like to a T, we were going through what was going to happen at specific moments in time, what our failover process would be to make sure that we didn't have servers go down, that we had a good customer experience. And I remember us all huddled. It was like 50 of us huddled in one of the office buildings during the Super Bowl in a conference room making sure that we could keep the website up. And the website didn't go down. So it was either the team just absolutely did their best job. I think that's what I'm going to chalk it up to, making sure that we had a great experience and all the failover problems were solved. But yeah, that was one of the most interesting 
moments and times. And really, it was through those really hard times of solving those hard problems that everybody felt truly bonded together and did bond together. So let's get into our next segment, What's Cooking? Hey, buddy, what's cooking? Let's both cook together. Yeah, cooking, 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 cooking now. All right. Sarah, obviously today you are the CMO of Samsara and you just helped them go public. And huge congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I want you to talk a little bit about how you got to where you are now and what your journey has been like to get to your current role. I joined Salesforce back when it was a little under 2,000 people and it was under a billion in ARR. And Samsara is at the same stage right? And there's so many similarities that I see about this company to where Salesforce was back when I joined in 2008. And that was one of the things that really attracted me to this opportunity when it popped up. And through my time at Salesforce, I had been prepping. I had this as a goal. I'm always thinking of where am I going in my career? What type of opportunity and challenge do I want to tackle next? And being CMO of a company, being able to take it public was a big goal that I had for myself. And I worked through Salesforce, and I always tell this for folks, look for the job descriptions of the job you want to have next and or even five years down the road and think through what are the skills that you need to add to your tool belt. And that's what I was doing. I was growing all of the skills to be a well-rounded marketer, knowing I'm not going to be able to go deep into every area and be the expert in every area, but know enough to be able to guide and to be able to help grow the team in the right way. And That's what I worked on. Those are the experiences that I sought out at Salesforce. And there was a benefit to, and I said this at a recent Samsara event that we had, there's a benefit to being on a fast-growing company. And that's that that growth, yes, there are different pains that come along with it, but it creates all of this opportunity for you as an individual to be able to raise your hand and say, I'm interested in learning this new skill, and I see this as a problem we have as a company, can I go over there, boss, and solve it, right? And it creates opportunity for you to do that. And that's what I found through my time at Salesforce. You brought up something that is something I want to pull on a little bit more, the thing between a product and a platform. And that was always a struggle at Salesforce as well. We have product, is it a platform? Is it both? Like, how do you position those things? How does it, how how are you thinking about that at Samsara? There are not a lot of companies that can go and expand from having one really great point solution to having multiple great point solutions. And one of the ways that you can do this and bring them together, if you're lucky enough to have that success, which Samsara has been lucky enough to have that success, is you make one plus one equal three by creating it into a platform solution, by looking for areas where bringing the data from those different point solutions together creates more synergies for your end customers, and then ultimately their customers. And that's the benefit that we are seeing as we transition from that point solution into being a platform play. And it's really being able to make sure your technology delivers on that for your customers. And if your technology can deliver on that, if they can see that value and you are able to help them solve other problems by pulling all that data together, go for the platform solution, right? This is how you can have this exponential value that you are creating for all of your customers in solving their problems. Building on that, what challenges additionally are you seeing at Samsara now? And are you applying any of what you learned at Salesforce to these challenges? There are a lot of similarities that I see in terms of the challenges. So one, it's this positioning, like we just talked about from 
being a point solution to talking about the value of a platform and showing that value. That was something that we had to solve at Salesforce of painting that story for our customers and showcasing that to them and then delivering on it. And that's what we are going through here at Samsara. There's also a piece of market education about the change that we are driving at Samsara. And that's another challenge that Salesforce also faced. Salesforce was disrupting the way that companies had looked at CRM in the past, right? And disrupting the way that people were used to accessing that information. At Samsara, we're doing the same thing. We are digitally transforming industries and companies that haven't gone through that digital transformation. We're helping them to have that digital transformation. And we're educating on the value of our solution in this world. And those are very similar challenges. And then there's the growth and scale. Salesforce grew incredibly fast. And there are a lot of scaling challenges that you come across when you're looking at how do you grow your teams? How do you set up teams in the right way to be able to sell the platform, but also to be able to make sure each of these product lines that the company has are producing the best results for the customers that they can, right, from the product side and that you're marketing that successfully to the customers. And those are other challenges that Samsara is going through as we now have multiple product lines that are delivering this value to our customers and we're positioning a platform. How do we make sure that we set our teams up for success in the right way build the right systems to help the company scale, but also build the right change management methodologies and build the right structures to help people in the company be successful. Uh, You said something about building the right systems to help you scale. Obviously, Salesforce is incredible with that. How are you thinking about actually Salesforce? And is that part of your core strategy? We use Salesforce at Samsara. So yes, it is. Salesforce is our database of record for our customer information. And that's how we look at making sure that we've got all the right contacts in our database. We're marketing to them in the right way. We're expanding the way that we engage with them. And Salesforce has been a core to helping us to be able to do that. So what's next for you, Sarah? And how are you shaping the future? We're actually planning our first ever customer conference that we are going to have in the spring. And I'm really excited about the customer stories that we can bring to life there, the impact that we can show that we have on the world. Because one of the things that attracted me to Samsara is our products have a tangible impact on helping to solve real world problems. So if we think about energy consumption, 71% of the U.S. energy consumption is in this industrial world. There is a huge need to help the companies in this world to be able to measure and track what they are doing in terms of fuel consumption, in terms of miles driven on the road, and then be able to take action on that to see through benchmarking where they can cut down on fuel usage, on CO2 emissions, to have the sustainable impact on making sure that we're leaving the world a better place. And for me, as a marketer, to be able to bring those stories to life is one of the things that is most exciting for me because our products can actually help to leave the world a better place. And as a mom, where I see my kids have smoke days versus snow days, I wanna make sure that I'm doing my part. And I especially love that I can do that on my day job to leave this world in a better place for them. 
I love that. You said you're taking on your first customer conference. That's a huge undertaking. Like, tell us a little bit more about that and why don't you plug it? I'd love to hear when and where it's at. Thank you. I was going to get into that if you weren't going to open up the door for me. So I love it. Our first customer conference, we are hosting it here in San Francisco and we are going to have it in June. We are announcing this actually on our uh, earnings call that is coming up. So people can, I'll also make a plug for that so people can go and listen to our earnings call. But we're gonna have it here in mid-June at the Intercontinental Hotel. And it's gonna be exciting. We're also going to virtually stream it because we are living in this work from anywhere world. And we wanna make sure that we can give people if they don't want to come into San Francisco, the opportunity to see where this world of operations is heading and how we are helping to really create the future of connected operations. So you can tune in and watch our digital keynote, and it's going to be an extraordinarily exciting event. So let's get into our final segment called the Future Forecast. So where are we headed? Where the forecast predicts the future. So Sarah, what does the future of Salesforce look like? I know you're still involved. I know you still have a piece of your heart there. Like, what do you, where do you think Salesforce is, is going? Yes, my husband, my better half, works at Salesforce. So still invested in that way. Team Earth, who doesn't want to get behind that? I see Salesforce as, and as Mark says, business is the biggest platform for change. I see Salesforce as driving more and more of these different policies for companies and really helping to set an example of where businesses need to go. And then hopefully creating the technology that will help everybody to be able to come together and rally around those different initiatives. So whether that is things around sustainability, right? How can they create software to help people be able to track more of what they are doing in climate change, right? And reducing their footprint. There are a lot of marketers that listen to this podcast. What advice would you have for an aspiring CMO? My advice for an aspiring CMO, one, always be learning. I really value, and I love that Samsara, we have this as one of our core values, adopting a growth mindset. Like always be okay with knowing you're not going to know everything. You're not going to be perfect in every situation, and that is okay. And always be willing to challenge the old way of doing things, right? Coming into Samsara, I was really impressed with a lot of the different ways the team had engaged with customers. Things that, like a very fast response time to our customers that we would have loved to have had when I was at Salesforce. And I feel is a true competitive advantage for us as a company. And I would say always be willing to challenge your beliefs and challenge what you know to keep growing and learning and to think of new ways to do things. Before letting you go, I want to have a little bit of fun with a quick lightning round. Are you ready for this? So I'm just I'm ready. Just, oh my god. Just gosh. think of the the thing that comes to your mind and there's going to be no clarification on this. Just go with it. Okay? <laughs> just All right. go. Okay. Here we go. Favorite product? Oh, Service Cloud. <laughs> Classic or Lightning? Lightning. Favorite Salesforce character? Uh, Astro. Favorite commercial or ad of all time? I mean, Chatter.com Super Bowl ad. It's timeless. <laughs> of course. Awesome. Favorite brand of anything besides Salesforce? Vori sweatpants right now for the work from home world. 
Secret skill <laughs> not on the resume. Oh, so many secret skills. I can draw little caricatures for my kids to color in that are these really cute little animals with very big eyes. You just won front row seats to your dream event. What is it? Oh, it is a U2 or Taylor Swift concert. Better yet, U2 and Taylor Swift. I mean, me, I love that <laughs> answer. So big T-Swifty fan. All right, Sarah, this has been just so much fun. Before I let you go, please let the listeners know where they can find you. And is there anything else that you would like to share or anything to plug? Oh my gosh. So find me at Patterson underscore Sarah on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. We are hiring at Samsara. If you are looking for a career where your job is going to have this real world impact to be able to leave the world in a better place, come join us. We are the company for you to come and join. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was great to see you. Thanks, Dan. Inside the Ohana is brought to you by our friends at Qualified.com, the conversational sales and marketing company that's on a mission to transform the way B2B companies sell. Go to Qualified.com to learn more. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate and review it and tell a friend. Thank you for listening.